This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Our passion is to equip you to become all that God has destined you to be, so that together we can live out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Sonica started last week about finishing strong. Yeah, it's been, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but over the years I've seen this many, many times, that where somebody comes to Christ, they commit their life to Jesus, and they start, like they get on the way of following the Lord, and somewhere down the line, they lost their way. Hmm? Who knows somebody who lost their way? They started following Jesus, and somewhere down the line, they, they lost their way. And it's, it's sad because it's, you know, it's good people. I, I know so many good people that start this journey, or they've been on this journey for quite some time, and then something happens, but often it's a slow fade, but something happens, and then they press the self-destruct button. They press that self-destruct button with much pain following they lost their way, they didn't finish strong, and a lot of people got hurt in the process, you know, or at least themselves, family, and so forth. Rightio, let me pray for us, and then I'm going gonna, gonna to share with you basically today about how can you stand strong to the end, how can you finish strong, and then I'm going to specifically zoom in on uh, the spirit of this world that... Uh, messes with us. Okay, so let me, let me pray for us. Father, thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and powerful. Thank you, God, that you speak to us. Thank you, Lord, that you move us into your truth and into your life and into freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. You know, so you often ask this question, why do people, why would someone turn away from God or walk away from Christ uh, are there multiple reasons, you know, two, two reasons that often happens is something happens in life and uh, they just don't know how to handle it. Something bad happens and they're like, well, where was God when this bad thing happened? That's often a reason people are disappointed and they turn away from God. They become disillusioned. Another area is like people find themselves disillusioned with other people. Like, how the heck could that guy treat me like this? Or oh, that's Christian. Goodness gracious, it's supposed to be a Christian or even a pastor, you know, and, 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 and look what, how he treated me or how she treated me. So, so disappointment can often cause our hearts to turn away from God. But I want to focus specifically on the spirit of this world. It's a serious enemy that comes to draw us away from Christ. Okay, so let me, let me uh, lay a foundation here. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 to 27. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Come on, say win. Who likes to win? Uh, we all like to win. Come on, be honest. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Come on, say disciplined. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. You see, eternity is at stake. Massive 
implications. The way we live now will determine how we will spend eternity. If we faithfully follow Christ, we have rewards in heaven. If we don't faithfully follow Christ, we will not have rewards in heaven. And if we turn away from Jesus, we will not make heaven. Okay? So there's an eternal prize that eternity is at stake. But it says there, so because of this, I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose in every step. Come on, say purpose. So every step. Imagine living your life where every step you take, every thought you think, everything about you has purpose. Now that'd be, that would be epic. He says then, I am not just shadow boxing. Basically saying, guys, this is not a drill. This life is not practice. This life is the real deal. It's the game. The game's on. Lives are at stake. Your life is at stake. And eternal rewards hang in the balance. It says, I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So this is Paul the Apostle. He's saying, man, I've been preaching the message, which is awesome, but I realize if I don't live it myself, if I don't discipline my own body, if this body doesn't do what it's supposed to do, I might be disqualified. So how do you and I get our bodies to submit to Jesus? Isn't that probably the most difficult, the hardest part of the walk with Christ? To get this to do what it should do. This to think what it should be thinking. This to speak what it should be speaking and not to speak what it should not be speaking. You know, isn't that the big test to, to discipline your body to focus? And he says that I discipline my body. So um, beginning of this year, around February, March, I started to play some squash again. So I haven't been playing for about six, seven years, only a little bit here, a little bit there, but not like really getting into it. So Wesley and me, Wesley Peak, and uh, me and a few other guys, we have a little squash group, Shofar squash group <laughs> okay but you need to beat the the lowest ranking guys to get into this group okay you need to work your way up but so anyway so we started this group and uh, so wesley i've been playing against wesley since what february march and i just couldn't beat this guy eh? every week we play sometimes twice a week i lose and i lose and i lose it's horrible i'm not competitive at all <sighs> So, I think I lost for about five months, like weekly pain, weekly pain. So, we had a bit of a joke on the WhatsApp group, some good banter amongst the boys. And I said to the guys, guys, my life purpose is to beat Wesley. My, obviously, tongue in cheek, okay? But my, my life, so I trained her. So, I'm like playing three times a week, four times a week sometimes. And I'm really trying to get in. And he's, yeah, he keeps on beating me. And I think about five months in, I took him down. <laughs> yes. So now I post in the group, like, guys, I don't know what to do anymore. My life purpose has been fulfilled. <laughs> and so Wesley, oh, no, no, there was Andrew. Andrew posted, and Andrew Joel, and he posted in the group, and he said, 
Well, your life purpose can now be to beat him 3-0. And I'm like, yes. So I'm like, yes, my life purpose is now transitioned to 3-0. So now for the next four months, I've been trying. Man, I get close, but I just can't do it 3-0. He just squeaks it in there one, one game every now and again. Like, no, no. And then last week, Saturday. Mm-mm-mm. See, this is the danger of playing against the past. I'm going to tell the whole world. <sighs> last week, Saturday morning. Clapped him the first game, 15-5, I think it was. I'm like, today is my day. Second game, I was down 9-14. You need to get 15. I'm like, oh, no, again. Yes, and I came. I prayed to heaven. said, Jesus, now, now is the time. I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't pray. <laughs> but I was like, focus, focus. Anyway, so I took him down 16-14. And then the third, and I'm like, yes. I did feel bad. I did feel bad for his sake. But, uh, but, but on this journey of, of playing squash and getting back into it, like really getting into it, I, you know, when we started off in February, March, I, I injured everything. I injured my ankle. I was like hobbling for a week. And then I injured my arm. And then I, I'm thinking, man, I'm getting old. And then I realized, no, I'm just out of practice. I'm not disciplined. The body hasn't been disciplined. The body hasn't been focused. And when I also picked up what I learned in this process, and there's a point to this. I'm not just bragging today. <laughs> but I remember every time I play something, you know, you play against some guys and you, you're not that focused. You're like, oh, we're going to have some fun. But against Wesley, I'm like getting up. I'm playing at 5 or 6 o'clock that night. 8 o'clock that morning, I'm already like, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. Eh? It's like cars where he says, I'm speed. You know, you're getting into the zone. You're thinking, you're focusing. And I tell you, when I, when I, when I get onto that court, every part of my being is focused. And I tell you that the, the difference that it makes in your game is unbelievable. And I, and I believe this is actually a key. I've, I've learned that there's, there's this zone that you can go into, this focused focused part of your being where things begin to work. Come on, say the zone. The zone. And then I learned it works actually very well for fasting as well. I have found that when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want to. Let's see how it goes. I'm going to fast today. Uh, who knows? That doesn't work. But I do, when I do the zone, I'm like, I've got a game to play today. I have a mission. I have a prize. I have a purpose. I have something I'm, I'm trusting God for today. I am trusting for the Lord to touch that person's life, that they would come to Christ. I'm trusting, Lord, to move a mountain in my life. I tell you, when you fast and you pray like that, it's like the zone. Your whole body is focused, soul, spirit, body, and you're like, and it works. So I've got great news we're going to do a fast beginning next year. Come on, say yay. Fast, ignite the city fast. But this time, just one week. Come on, say easy. Easy. Okay, now it's actually just three days. The Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be like a full fast. The other three days, Monday to Wednesday, will be warm up. Warm up. So you just cut out some other things and then you gun it for those who want to, can do it. Only water fast at last. But, but we're going to trust the Lord to, to shift a few things. So end of January, 
We're doing an outreach in Cambridge location, Cambridge Village. I've never been there. I was there this week. It's uh, You drive up Cambridge along the N2 and you go over the N2 and the other side. And I was amazed how many people live there. It's crazy. It's like a city on the other side. And uh, it's quite a mission to get there. So we're partnering with a local church there in the community. Great church. And we're going to do like six nights crusades, evangelism. We're going to put a lot of marketing on all the lampposts. We're going to pray a storm up. We're going to trust Jesus to do miracles to rock that community. Because you see, only Jesus changes a community. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can truly change, shift a community. Okay, so we're going to step out. I have these prophetic words in my life. So I'm going to be the, the evangelist for the season in, lo- in the location and we need you guys to partner with us. Okay, so those who want to sign up, sign up for the team. And the rest of us, we're going to fast. We're going to pray together, not just for that Cambridge location, but for our city. We're going to trust that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to impact lives. Amen. And if anybody wants to uh, partner financially, we're going, to, we're going to do a lot of marketing. And we need to maybe rent in equipment and so forth. If you want to partner with us, you can make a payment Bring it in a envelopes, just say Cambridge location or Cambridge outreach, or you can do an EFT in the church bank account, just say Cambridge uh, outreach. Come on, partner with us. Let's go get the gospel out. Eh? We need to get out of, the, out of the four walls. Amen. Amen. Okay, so come on, partner with us. Those are the dates. Monday the 14th, you have cards on your chairs. It's like general sign-up cards. Forgot to say... It just says, sign me up, okay? So please sign up. If you want to join us for this, we'll send you more info. And uh, we're going to fast and pray. We're going to discipline our bodies and get it to submit in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say submit. Body, submit. Amen. Okay, so let me continue. The spirit of this world, John 17, verse 14 to 17. It says, I have given, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Come on, let's say it. I'm not of this world. Just as I am not of the world. Jesus is saying, I'm not of this world and they are not of this world. So what this means is the morning, the moment you become a Christian, you are born again from above, not from beneath. Not, you're no longer of this world. He says, I do not pray. That you should take them out of the world. You know, when you experience temptation and challenge of this world, you want to run away. He says, I, I don't want you to take them out of the world. But that you should keep them from the evil one. Keep them from the spirit of this world. That's the one we're focusing on today. This evil one, the spirit of this world. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus praying, God, Father, sanctify them, purify them, make them holy, because they are not of this world. They are from above. And if we are from above, we should be different. Okay, so look at this, 1 Corinthians 2.12, about the spirit of this world. It says, now, we have received not the spirit of the world. Come on, say, not the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Okay, so I've not received the spirit of this world. We have received the spirit that's from above, that we might know how much God has given to us. 
So I want to use an illustration. Now, this is very dangerous, what I'm doing right now. Me and a fishing rod. It's extremely dangerous. Somebody could die. But we're going to give it a shot in any case. Dion, come and help me, brother. So I have sour worms here. Uh, you'll take one there. Will you find some? Okay, okay. And we have a fishing rod. And then um, there's the hook. If you can. Uh... Yes. Okay. You take the hook. I take the rod. And you put it on. Okay, so the enemy is like this. The spirit of the world is like this. He brings, he, help, he takes out his fishing rod and he puts on the wormy. Are we on there? Presented well. We need the hook out there. He's a real fisherman. He doesn't stuff around. Okay, there's a hook. Okay, so you see it, Eddie. So now the... I am not sure there are real fish in these seas or the oceans or the rivers because I, ca- I haven't caught any when I've tried thus far, but I'm going to keep on trying. Okay, so, the, so the, the spirit of this world comes and he dangles. Say, come on, Clinton. Come on, Clinton. Take it, man. Take it. Come, 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 come. How does it work? The fish is in the, in, the, in the water, and the fish is having a wonderful time. But the fisherman, in this case, this evil, the spirit of the world, wants to get you to take the hook, and then wants to drag you out of the water. Yeah, if the water be like the, the life in the spirit, the spirit of this world wants to draw you out and into the flesh. That's what the enemy wants to do. Ha-ha, fishy, fishy. Come. Okay, I've got another one. If the, if the bait isn't working, let's try some other bait. Let's try, so just add that to, let's just add that. So if the, if the wormy itself is not enough, ah, money, people, money. Come, 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 come. Okay, it won't, won't work on Carrie. She's... Unstoppable. Oh, God. So it comes, the spirit of this world comes, and he say, come on, take it. And then he says, come, come, come. And then he gets the hook in you, and then draws you out of the spirit and into the flesh. Woo. I'm enjoying this. This is good. Okay. So, so, so the enemy tries different types of bait to try and get you and me to move out of the spirit and into the flesh. Okay, so let me try and put this down for a moment. So, what the spirit of, this, of the world does is if you take the bait, if you, if you allow it to, to, if to, to the, the hook to get into your heart, it draws you out of the spirit into the flesh. In other words, the spirit of this world causes your old nature to come alive again. And some of us wonder, why am I battling so hectically with temptation and with sin? Why am I bound by this certain stuff in my life? The reason is you're feeding your soul on the things of this world, and you are and it's causing the old nature to awaken again. So the spirit of this world causes disconnect 
disconnect between you and God. The spirit of this world, the more it pulls you out, the more it pulls you out of the spirit and into the flesh, it brings disconnect. They're like, you're disconnected from God. It also causes doubt in your heart. So, so it, it, it actually changes your, 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 your way, your ability to relate to God. So it, it leads to disconnect. It leads to distance. God feels far. And it also leads to doubt. It's like you don't have faith. You're just really backed into trust. Because why? Because you're so full of the things of this world. It's take, the, the hook has been is taken hold of your heart. On the other hand, the Holy Spirit is the one that reconnects us to God. The Father. Holy Spirit is God, but connects us to God, the Father, and Jesus. So the Holy Spirit brings and connects. The Holy Spirit brings intimacy between you and God. And the Holy Spirit releases real trust into your life. Some of us might ask, why do I battle to trust God? Maybe you're feeding too much on the things of this world. It doesn't look blatant sin. Like, it's often not blatant. It's just like a little bit, hey, it's a sour worm. Come on. It's all good. I brought some so you can, if you, for those who want, only want sour worms. Oh, now that's the devil coming to you. Get behind me, Satan. Hunley does not do sour worms, for those who don't know. So the spirit of this world is continuously operating. You can send it, send it, send it along. Come on, receive a blessing. But the, the, the resurrection life of Christ causes your spirit to come alive and to connect with God and to have intimacy with God. But you need to value, what are you, what are you feeding on? Okay, this December, the enemy is going to come with his, with his fishing rod. Doo-doo. Do, 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 do. Okay, it's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come and tempt you. It's going to come and test you. It's going to try and have you feed. And the more you feed, the more you will want it. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in freedom. So what is the, the main bait that the enemy uses? What is the, if you have to, what, what is behind everything the enemy comes and presents to us? What is the main thing? False promises. Come on, say false promises. So in other words, the spirit of this world is promising something that it cannot produce. It promises peace, it promises joy, but it cannot produce it. So years ago, I was, uh, I think I was still a student. I parked my, my first year of work, I don't know, but I was, was relatively young, married. And I parked my car somewhere and I, at a, a, a shop. I came out and, and someone broke into my vehicle, stole the radio, and they stole my Oakleys. My Oakleys, man. You don't touch my Oakleys. Stole my Oakleys. I was so upset. I didn't have money. I wouldn't be able to replace it. But later that day, I was so, so upset, but later that day, I was at another mall or something, and the guy came to me. He looked quite decent, actually, but he had a whole lot of Oakleys on him. And he said, hey, how about an Oakley? Cheap, cheap. So I think like 100 rand, 150 rand for an Oakley or something. I'm like, Lord, is this your provision? <laughs> I was young and stupid. So I put it on. It didn't look too bad. It didn't feel that bad. I'm like, in the, in the moment, like, oh, whatever. Like, so I bought an Oakley. It should actually be called a fakely. Fakely. So later that day, I was like, oh, this is so bad. This is like horrible plastic 
rubbish on every level. I couldn't believe I was so stupid to fall for it. But in the moment of I've lost something, I didn't focus. I'm like, oh, whatever, let's see. And I believe the spirit of the world is the same as this, like this uh, scaly salesman, oily salesman. Hey, you want some? <laughs> you know, comes to sell us something because you've lost something. You've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. You've, you've lost, lost maybe your purpose in life. You, the enemy has already stolen from you. And then he comes and he promises you the solution. It's a lie. Come on, say it's a lie. So this world is coming to us. We are bombarded from every side with marketing, you name it, from every side. Continuously, the world is saying, man, I mean, do you remember the old smoking adverts? Stuyvesant. Peter Stuyvesant is the most healthiest, happiest people on the planet. Ooh, living the life and the key people is just smoke it. Eh? It's false marketing. But, but that's how the spirit of this world is continuously telling you, ah, ah, the castle, those castle adverts, I mean the nationalism, the boys. Yes. You know, it's like, man, if you drink this castle, you're going to be the, one of the boys. You know, that's the promise. That's the promise. And so promise money. If you have money, then you're going to be happy. If you have the nice car, you're going to be happy. If you have the nice house, you're going to be happy. It's a lie. But the spirit of the world sells it continuously. And then we gun for it. We run after it. Huh? We run after it. And what does it look like? It's like you stumbling along in the desert, sand, Sahara desert. You haven't had water for two days. And you look in the distance and you see an oasis. And you run. Yeah, sand, just sand. It was a mirage. The spirit of the world operates like a mirage. It promises what it cannot produce, cannot provide. And you need to, how do, how do, we, how do we immunize ourselves from the spirit of this world? You need to expose its lies. You need to declare it boldly, unashamedly. I, I say this like a few times every day. That's a lie. Spirit of this world, you are a liar. You cannot provide what I need for peace and joy. Come on, let's say it. Spirit of, uh, Spirit of the world, you are a liar. You make false promises that you cannot produce. Amen. You need to, otherwise you're going to pursue these mirages and eat sand over and over and over again. Huh? You don't want to do that. So you need to proclaim this. You need to proclaim you're a liar. And then you need to believe this. This is, this is, this is it. You don't believe the following. You don't believe with all your heart that nothing and no one can satisfy you like God. You don't believe this with all your heart that nothing and no one can satisfy your deepest, deepest desires and needs like God himself. Amen. If you get confused about this, you're continuously going to look other places. And you're going to take that sour worm and you're going to taste the sourness of it. You see, but the thing is, the enemy, it's not actually like this. Fishing rod 
with a little bit of a temptation. It's not. It's more like this. This is more how it's like. A hat with dangling temptations. Dangling temptations at every side. Everywhere you look, there's temptation. Ah, come on. Mm. Ah, smell that. Mm. 100 rands are not what it was in the past. Eh? I needed to make it a 200 now. But on every side, it's, not, it's, like, it's like wherever you look, wherever you go, it's like, woo, mulekeit, action. Ah, you can be feel so overwhelmed. All these things, jewelry and the beer and the, what, more money over there and the chocolate and the naked girl. Ay, na, na. Sure. It's like, it can be so overwhelming. It's like, God Almighty, how on earth can we be holy? How on earth can we keep, our, keep, keep on track? God, how can we overcome the spirit of the world? This is just, this is just crazy. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do this? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer in a moment. Let's look at James 1. And all these things are promising. It's promising. Ah, oh, money going to make you feel better. Oh, eat that chocolate. Eh? Oh, the chocolate speak to me. Eh? It speaks. It speaks. And I eat it. And I'm like, ah. Only speaks truth. It's not good for you. Okay, but it promises all these things, but it cannot satisfy. Look at this. But each one is tempted... James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. In other words, you know, what tempts me is not what tempts Sonica. It's like every person is different, but many of us have the same temptation, same areas of, of, of temptation. But it says he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. It's like you desire something, you take that hook, the hook in your soul. Then when desire has conceived conceived when, when you've taken the bait, you know, just to be tempted or just for a moment look at that chocolate is not, uh, is not that bad. Eh? But when you meditate upon it and you make it, you, like, you look to it to fulfill you, to satisfy you, that is when it says the desire has conceived and it gives birth to sin. What is sin? Sin is to miss God's good mark for you. Sin is like, there's the bullseye, there's the good the good, the good way of God, and you're missing God's mark. And when you miss God's mark, there's pain and suffering. It's like I said previous as well, you know, it's like a loving father with his children, and the loving dad says, my boy, don't go play in front of the truck in the street. You're going to get hurt. It's going to drive over you. Does the father say that to be difficult or funny? No, he loves his child. So don't do it. So, so God says, this is my mark. This is the plan that I have for you. Now what happens is, is that we actually don't just miss the mark, we change the mark. So it's not even like we're trying to hit the mark anymore. It's like, no, my heart has shifted. My heart has shifted. 
My heart has shifted a few degrees off, a few degrees off. Jesus was the passion of my life. He was my everything at some point, and I was, he was my, I'm, I'm, Jesus is you, man. You, you, only you satisfy me. But at some point, the world comes, and, and just like you get off mark, and you start having a different prize, a different mission, a different focus. It's hard to preach with this thing on, actually. But when you get the point, but if we would change the prize, the goal, we go off track. And that, now listen, look, look at this. This is so powerful. It says when desire, wrong desires as conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. It's like being pregnant with promise. It's like being pregnant with potential. It's like you have all these hopes and you've, it's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so wonderful. And at some point you give birth and it's a dead, it's a stillborn. The baby's dead. And it's like, is, so is this it? Is this it? Is this all that sin has to offer? Is this all that the enemy, what, what the, that this world can offer me? And, and, I've, and, and this is the truth, people. Sin is empty. It leaves you longing for more, and it leads to destruction. It does not satisfy. I've sat with people this week again. The impact of, of drinking too much and allowing that to influence the marriage, allowing that to influence relationships, allowing that to destroy lives. It's painful. It's painful and doesn't need to be, but it says then they do not... Do not be deceived. In other words, guys, don't be confused about this. Don't, don't wonder if this is so. This is so. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. The things of this world can never satisfy you in your deepest, deepest being. False promises that can offer you nothing. And then this, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above. Okay, so where does good come from? Where are the good gifts? It comes from God. It says every, come on, say every good gift. And every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, our God is light, completely light. There is no variation. There is no up and down. There is no shadows. There is just glory. And from him comes light and life. You see, if you want to stay on track, if you want to stand strong to the end, if you want to finish in life strong, you need to believe with all your heart there is no good thing outside of the will of God. Come on, let's say there's no good thing outside of the will of God. Okay, quickly, test. Who has tried to find good things outside of the will of God, and they only found pain and disappointment. I want to like do two hands, foot. It's the truth. It, it doesn't offer peace. It doesn't offer joy. It is empty. You need to believe all your heart. There's no good thing outside of the will of God. Because if you believe there's a good thing outside of the will of God, you're going to go off track. You're going to shift the focus. The target has now shifted to something else. 
Stillbirths are terrible. You know, I've heard it said, do you know why it's greener on the other side of the fence? Do you know? Because of all the manure. Because of all the manure. It stinks and it's a mess and it looks lovely green, but it's not the place to be, okay? Flies and a whole lot of other things. Not the place to be. So what is the what is the solution? What is the solution to this? What is the solution to this assault, this flood of ungodliness against our senses, our hearts, our minds? What is the solution? One word. Focus. Focus. Hey, you've seen this. Every married woman in this place have experienced this. We men are extremely good at focusing on something else. <laughs> Maybe the TV. We are focused. Kids are screaming. Wife is talking. Oh, sorry. Did you say something? <laughs> and then you want to take us for hearing tests. Nothing wrong. We are able to focus. Huh? Or you've dri- been driving in your car. Uh, you've been driving in your car, and, and Sonic is brilliant at this. When she's in the, driving the car, she sees no one and nothing. You can wave. I think you can roll over the front bonnet. She'll probably not see you. <laughs> like, hey! And nothing. Because what? She's focused. In the same way, when you and I are focused on Jesus, I tell you, you won't even see the other stuff. You won't even see anything else. I mean, think back for those who've ever been in love. You've experienced this, I'm sure. It's like you were really busy. You don't have any time in your life for anybody else. You're really busy, single, enjoying the single life. And then you fall in love. Oh, my soul. It's like all you can think about is that person. All you can think of. And you have time, people. Suddenly you have Buckets load of time to spend with that loved one. It's like, why? Because your priorities have changed. You've shifted. Everything has now changed. Number one, love is driving me almost. I'm so focused on this one person. Now that is what it's like to be in love with God. When you are so in love with Jesus... It's like you just you don't see the other stuff anymore. It's like your mind is full of him. Your passions are of the fire in your heart is for him. The goal is him. Lord, I want more of you. It's just Jesus. God, I know you are amazing. And if you haven't tasted the fullness of Christ, you might not understand what I'm talking about. But with those glimpses, like worship this morning, you have these glimpses of, this, of his presence and of his goodness. And it's like, Lord, I want more. You see, but if you, you're like, ah, I gotta, need to go to church, but you don't really want to go to church. Uh, I need to read my Bible, but I don't really want to read my Bible. Something's wrong. Do you know that? Something's wrong. You've lost your first love. Speaking to believers here today. You've lost your first love when you don't have a desire to spend time with Him, when you don't have a desire to pursue Him, when you don't have a desire to to do whatever it takes to come closer to Him. You have lost your first love. Now, this is a scary thing. The guys, Israelites, they came out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. On their way to the promised land. And it's at some point, 
a whole lot of them wanted to turn back to Egypt. It's as she said, they, and their hearts turned back to Egypt. Now, Egypt represents the world. Egypt represents the spirit of this world that lies to us, wants to deceive us, and tell us, this is going to make you happy, this is going to make you happy. It's all nonsense. An intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that will truly satisfy your soul. Come on, say amen. An intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that will satisfy you in your deepest being. But what do we do in December? Eh? We are now, it's like, woohoo! Gonna shop till we drop. Some of the husbands asked me to say that. <laughs> we gotta, we, we're looking forward to the, to the eating and the, and the maybe a bit of partying and, the, and, the, and there's a whole lot of good things to look forward to. Family time, yes, and fun, and a whole lot of great times with loved ones, yes, absolutely. But don't fall for the lie that those things will satisfy you. Only Jesus satisfies. Only God, an intimate relationship with God will satisfy you. Nothing and no one compares to knowing God. Amen. Do not be deceived. Do not be confused. Do not run for the mirages over and over again. And you come back crying, disappointed, the stillbirth again. No, man. Let's get the prize focused, the target, the target, and we focus. Focus on him. Have fun, but have your heart on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to, I think there's one verse I wanted to read. Yes, Luke 9. 25, it says, ending off just with this quick verse, one verse. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? What, 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 what is it gain? What is the profit, a man, a woman, if we gain the whole world but we lose our marriages? If we, if we gain the whole world but we lose our children's hearts? If we, lose, if we win the whole world but we lose ourselves? And we lose our intimacy with God. It's not worth it. So I believe this, this December, God is inviting you and me to draw close to him. What if you, this is what Sonic and I do. We have a game plan every holiday. Sonica comes to me and she sort of looks at me and she says, so what's the game plan? <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a stuff up. <laughs> What's the game plan? How many movies? How much TV? How, wh- wh- what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan to, to are you, you going to read the word of God? Are you going to maybe have a, a, a reading plan for the holiday time for this next month, six weeks? Do you have something that you're pursuing in God? Do you have a plan? And do you have a budget? <sighs> or you just doing credit? No. Don't do it on credit. You save until you have, and then you buy. (laughs) Don't fall for these lies, promises of the enemy. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.